anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains near the station. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Inside Agitator, I believe episode 63, um, we are coming off the imperialist self-care grind set episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this one will probably be a little more reined in. <laughs> we did kind of go crazy that last episode a little bit. Yeah, no, 100%. It's funny, um, though. It, yeah, and it's it's just worth noting. It's, you know, it's a trend that's worth discussing, but... Mm-hmm. You just brought up some. You asked me if I saw it yet. Oh yeah, I just saw this tweet from XXL, and it said NBA young boy is getting into wearing makeup because he makes it makes him feel like a rock star. Hell yes, that's actually I, awesome. isn't that amazing though. Like, yeah. and there's two because NBA of young him. boy is like is like some in the homophobic hip hop. Like that's his fan base. Like yeah, he's really like he could push that culture forward even in a way Young Thug couldn't. You know. Yeah, exactly. No, people like there's a whole group of white kids out there that is like, you know, just replying to people on Twitter. Uh, L ratio, young boy better, plus who asked, you know, and shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. has a lot of influence. He has a lot more influence than, you know, a lot of these rappers out here, you know? Yep. And I love how he is influenced because it's like part of the reason why is because he puts all his shit on YouTube and. You know, if you've been to any trap house in the United States of America, there is a PlayStation playing YouTube music mm-hmm. videos. And Young Boy, by like just being YouTube, like favoring YouTube even over streaming services, mm-hmm. really has cemented himself in just like this part of hip hop where like you know the big labels have just ignored. Why put all this shit out on YouTube? Like they just weren't doing that, and Young Boy did. And yeah, uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, Young Boy's new album came out around the same time as Kanye and Drake's. I listened to the Youngboy album like way more than I even touched the Drake or Kanye records. Like yeah, that's that's that hip hop now. That, that's <laughs> the shit has had some. He's he's still being uh, affected by the system like to this day, even as a you know a multi millionaire because you know yeah, he no, just he's got out over, for that legal. case. Yeah, and like legally, he's like kind of. I mean, I don't know what the status of his case is now, but he was on gun charges, like federal gun charges, like, yep. <laughs> you know, and like the feds don't come unless they got some. So, yep. So, One of then, our rapper friends has gun charges. And I and here's the thing. This dude would always carry around this mini Glock and fuck it in this little bag. And it was yeah. not registered. And, and then one time this motherfucker left it in my car for like two days, the bag. And I didn't damn, notice it was in my what? back seat. And he hits me like two days later, like, you've been driving around with it. I'm like, God damn, bro. Get this shit the fuck out of my car. Like, I fucking, damn. like, I, motherfuckers need to stop doing that shit, bro. It's so yeah. common. It, but you get it because, like, a lot of these rappers, they travel state to state and they, and people are looking to rob them and come after them. And they, so they mm-hmm. want to have defense. And it's crazy, too, because, like, Gun control laws are never enforced on like white people or proud boys or like yeah. the dudes like the rednecks like they like the cops aren't going after the local fo- like the sheriff isn't going after Billy Bob and taking his like 
unregistered fucking AR. But yeah. some dude with fucking dreads and a chains walking around, like, he's going to get on gun charge. And that's what's so racist about liberal gun control shit is, like, mm. there's never any thought about who that's actually going to fucking impact. Yeah, exactly. And it's and like, how it's going to be enforced. Yeah, I, you and you see a lot of it just, like, pop up and, like, that that, like, call for gun control around these, like, school shootings and stuff like that. Like, that's when it's really prevalent. Like, even in, in this last one in Michigan, it was a lot of that sort of same, uh, I guess, talk of, like, ending, you know, having gun control. Sure, in that situation, maybe it could have been better, but I think it's on the parents' fault more than anything with that Michigan case, but Yeah, that still. shit is wild, though. Yeah. Especially how the news outlets were all using like his baby photos with him praying mm-hmm. and shit when like he was way older when he did this shit. Yeah, you, like you look at these photos, you would thought an eight year old just murked all those people. Like, goddamn. Yeah. In yeah, the media exactly. coverage, it always goes back to that famous Zach Fox tweet where it's like <laughs> a white dude will murder his whole family, and this will be the photo they use. And it's like a dude jet skiing with a smile on his face <laughs> with like four people on the back, his wife and like three kids. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like so like and th- that tweets from what like four years ago like not nah, shit it's from has like changed. longer than that it's like eight years ago dude like yeah <laughs> like the not shit has changed oh um, yeah meanwhile let like a black person or an antifa guy fucking get in mm. trouble and it's gonna be the like the worst photo of them they could find like yeah. just or the mugshot just straight up like yeah. Yeah, yeah, fucking. But they, but they, but they, yeah. Of course, they won't do that. Um, yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh journalistic bias, I guess. Because, like, you think about who journalists are. Generally mm. speaking, it is white people, or I don't know how better to put this. Like, white adjacent black people that are there from mm. elite institutions that are very white. Like, you know, it's it's not like there's no like you know. There's no one, like, from the hood at the fucking Washington Post. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. for real. Um, yeah, no, it's... It, it is always, like... I've always had some, like, theories, whether it's, like, oh, this desire to be first in, like, this media space that we have, you know? And it's just, like, oh, somebody saw the photo and confirmed that one photo was theirs, and it just so happens that is the the eight-year-old photo, you know, of him. Yeah, yeah. And that's Also, I will or, say, uh, white families get the lawyers and get the people who are then going to, like, put those photos out to the media. And like you're saying, I think the biggest thing, with the other thing we talk about, too, where they just reprint cops' lies, is about getting to the story first, taking mm-hmm. whatever information you get, not really doing journalistic practice and getting the second source and really digging deep or thinking too hard about it, but just getting it out for clicks immediately because of the profit mm-hmm. incentive, which is an almost scarier thought that it's really just it's profits that inherently cause this kind of shit. Yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it. This is just like, yeah, these people only care about the the AdSense rate and CPM and shit like that. You know, when it comes to this shit. Yep, yep. is what it feels like more than anything now. Because you see, like you you know people. It, it, that's why, like. I remember in my like journalism classes in college that I would just always, they would always preach just like, yeah, nobody reads the actual correction and like nobody actually, you know, gets to 
gets to hear the the actual truth of the story after the first one has already dropped and like after <laughs> the first initial wave of people have seen the story, you know, because like there's something new to go on every three days now, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know where I'm that. going with that, but no, I mean you're right though. It's it that very much. That's it, and 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 yeah. I don't fucking it, it, bro. I'm just so tired of the like the media is supposed to be like one of the main institutions upholding American democracy, right? That's what you're told mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah, and then if that's and I kind of buy that. Without good journalism, without good media, a democracy is going to crumble, and that's exactly what's happened. Um, and I often think Jeff Bezos now he's retired from he stepped down as Amazon head and and he mainly lives in D.C. now at this huge like four house together compound where he is of massive political influence. He holds these elite dinners for people to network and to build this kind of ruling class solidarity and for him to get his own political influence among the people in D.C. He's become this huge power broker um, and also owns the Washington Post. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there are players in this system and they're, they're ones who aren't as big of a name as Jeff Bezos who are actively corroding democracy, corroding media. Um, mm-hmm. And, and kind of on the earlier thing we said about profit incentive, a huge thing that's happened in journalism is that you have venture capitalists and these hedge funds come in and basically destroy legacy media outlets and eat them up and gobble them out and fire everybody and, you know, keep the brand name. And, you know, you've seen them come in, buy shit up, and destroy it over and over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about Gawker is one of the good examples, but that there's plenty of others um, that used to do some good reporting. And it's just what's left is is not good reporting, (laughs) Quite Damn. frankly, you know, and and it's scary because we need that to have a functioning society. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very disheartening. But there is people that are out there doing good fucking journalism, like Unicorn Riot and, you know, people like that, that are just out there on Twitter and in that exactly. space. Exactly, and, it, and it's independent know? media. and But the, yeah. every institution, every school, everyone part of this... Uh, ruling class kind of uh fucking circle jerk they will tell you that independent media is not to be trusted um mm. and that it's not valid when i think personally independent media is way less biased and way less out of touch than your average new york times article um the yeah. new york times shouldn't be trusted any of their narratives but what's so crazy is the all the legacy uh, the old media outlets the the institution and media outlets they all run the same stories. There's like this overwhelming, like, oh, well, that must be the fact. It's everywhere. And independent media doesn't even come up on Google like that. You know, it's not going to come up in the yeah. search results. You're not getting those push notifications on Apple News. You know, that, that's not what is respected and, and institutionally kind of like codified into the American psyche. Yeah. No, but, here's, but actually. It's, here's it's a hilarious a... thing. CBS News reporting... Arresting the Grinch. Officers saved Christmas in Hewitt, Texas on Thursday as they stopped the Grinch from ruining the trees, tree, the city's tree lighting. Um, and it is a video of a tree lighting ceremony at this Texas town. A bunch of kids and people standing around. And a dude in a Grinch costume walks up trying to get the Christmas tree. And the cops come and arrest him and take him away. Um, which, that's just propaganda, 
right? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> that is the wackiest shit I've ever heard in my life, dude. Like, what? But, think, but that's how, like, no wonder you're such a cop. You're a kid, and you're like, yeah. oh, yes, the good guy. They arrested the Grinch, yippee. Like, and then CBS News reports this, like, how cute. <laughs> you know, I'm like. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Huh? Like, what if there's a kid that likes the Grinch? I liked the Grinch as a kid. I wouldn't have wanted man. to see him get arrested. That's fucking traumatic. <laughs> the Grinch had a point. There, yo, uh, dead ass. I'm slowly getting Grinch pilled over here. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm looking down on Whoville, and I'm just fucking. I'm not. I'm not feeling good about him. <laughs> no, no. The ruling class is Whoville. Yeah, and well, we're all the Grinch. All we of are us all are the, the Grinch. But you know, at this point, there's more Grinches than Who's. So and yeah. once the Grinches band together, we will we will win. Um, yeah. Here's a good. Here's while we're on the topic of cops, Unicorn Riot did some great reporting about Alan Diddy, who was a Minneapolis city employee who blew the whistle of a potential raid on a protest site. He was outed by the news to the MPD, and then after um, he got, he was fired, and he was a year away from his pension. Um, he was a union pipe fitter, and um, and a husband and father or two, and he had worked for the city of Minneapolis for thirty two years, and he was one year away from retirement eligibility. Um, and he called in sick just three days over all the decades he worked. He was working hard for that retirement. He was mm-hmm. fired after he blew the whistle on, a, on an un, undemocratic, unconstitutional rate of a protest. Um, and the news snitched on him to the cops. He was fired, and then he killed himself, um, Damn, which is, which is horrific. And, and Diddy was obviously, as, as a union pipe fitter, he cared deeply for uh, his employees and fought for them fiercely, um, as well as the public that he interacted with on a daily basis. And then when he discovered that a raid was imminent on a Black Lives Matter encampment um, after the fatal police shooting of Jamar Clark in 2015, he feared for everyone's safety and wanted people to know that the raid was going to happen and blew the whistle on it. Um, And the media, CARE 11, working with the MPD, gave them his name. Uh, And and, and he got fired by the city and then ultimately took his own life because he his one shot at retirement and one shot at uh, getting out of this system, which I'm sure was hard fought through union battles, was taken mm-hmm. away from him uh, just for yeah. doing the right thing. So really, really tragic story um, and just another casualty of capitalism that, you know, it's disheartening. If, if that doesn't Grinch bill you, I don't know what will. Um, yeah, dude, it's it, that it fucking sucks. And I can imagine, like, he went through some police intimidation, too. Uh, on the other hand, like yeah, as know. a union, yeah, as a union guy, yeah, I'm sure, 100%. yeah, he ha- he just and any union person has a sympathy sympathy for what BLM's doing because they've had to have the same protests, the same picket lines. They've been fucked with by the cops. I mean, cops have so much as killed hundreds of union members over the course of you know the the working class struggles in America. I mean, there are multiple massacres where police were sanctioned to murder union guys. I mean. There is a deep and rich history of the police working on behalf of the ownership class, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're in a union, there's an obvious solidarity there. And, and and I think props to him for not turning his back on BLM and being like, ah, oh, well, that's not my union, guys, whatever, and, and, and having the solidarity to step up and do the right thing. And, you know, I just uh, – it's tragic what happened to him. I want to build a world where there's safety nets and where your life isn't fucked if you do get fired from a job like that. 
um, and it's it's really tragic what happened to him. Um, but very, there's so much there that it is such an that is an American story. That is that is this country. That that is such a distillation of so much mm-hmm. of the elements at work. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 horrible. Because mm-hmm. you know, bro was just doing the right thing, bro. Like R.I.P. Bro. Yep. R.I.P. Yep. Um, that shit is awful. Awful at the, and so that was just reported by Unicorn Riot um, on the same day that Patriot Front was in Washington D.C. Um, you oh sent God. me the video of Patriot Front marching with their shields and flags up and down D.C. Uh, yeah, and you had the question for me: Are, are these just feds? What the fuck is this? Yeah, um, like I didn't know what the fuck. Like it, it seems so random to me. That's why I was like, I was like, whoa, why did why did they just fucking like? It seems like nothing was going on. It was a little bit quiet in the media space for a couple of days, and I was just like, huh, is this? doesn't seem right but at the same time you know nothing like that ever <laughs> looks right <laughs> yeah no it doesn't in any shape or form so and like so steven crowder's running with the, the idea that it's just feds and it's not <coughs> white supremacists or alt-right people uh, um and i guess my take on that is that if steven crowder's running with that then that's probably yeah. not the case um probably but it is feds to the extent that the entire bridge that they were marching across was shut down to the public, um, and there was a barricade of police officers keeping protesters and counter-protesters and basically leading and guiding the neo-Nazis marching ac- across and around D.C. So in one way, it was feds because, you know, the Capitol Police were le- allowing them to do what they were doing, guiding them mm-hmm. and marching with them. Um, and, I, I, you know, I don't think they were feds um, – Patriot Front is, is very real, and, and we have comrades that could show you the scars that yeah. prove it. But I do think the other narrative, because I think it's easy for all of us to want to, like, whisk it away as not actually, like, white supremacists, you know? Because that's yeah. scary to think that there's these guys in masked up, flags, shields, marching up and down D.C. in a way that we never could without literally getting open fire on. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The big narrative on Twitter is that they were just a bunch of dumb idiot fucking losers, which is true. Yeah. But that's not the whole story. You got to focus on the fact that they had a federal police escort. Like, that's the story. Like, and that's what's horrifying about it. Yeah, sure, they're a bunch of dumb fucking losers. And there was even a video of these guys being chased out of uh, Philly two years earlier by just teenagers with camera phones, like calling them losers. Yeah. Um, and did you see that video? Yeah, no, I saw that. They hopped in the back of, like, the Penske truck and shit. Yep, yep. Yeah. And this is what's so funny. During the protest, there was this big narrative that, like, U-Haul vans were coming full of Antifa rioters, which I never saw myself and never really saw a video proof of. But that was a big narrative. Meanwhile, the whole time, this Patriot Front group is filling up Penske trucks and U-Haul trucks. They used U-Hauls in D.C., Penske's in this video, and pulling up with hella people. Like, th- that's what they're doing. And it, as always, what they say about us is always a projection of what they're actually doing. Um and you know, which is oh, disgusting, typically. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit just like shocked me. I like, I, I just couldn't like through DC. Like that's that's the crazy part to me. Yeah. It's just like remember, it's like heavily kind of resembles to me like the 1950s and you know all that shit. You know. Yep. Yep. 
And, and of course you make the connection whenever KKK is trending on fucking Twitter. And, yeah. and, and these guys very much, shit, oh, yeah. we're Patriot Front. They're the KKK. It's the same yeah, shit. I, see, I had never heard costumes. of it. When I, when I saw that like Patriot Front, I had never heard of it before. Honestly, I've only heard of like Patriot's Prayer. Yeah. I didn't know Patriot Front was like a subsect of their like some something else that was... Yeah, I don't even. Thing. Maybe they are a subsect of Patriot Prayer. I don't think that. I think they're a separate thing. But it fucking yeah. the fuck knows. Um, it, it, yeah. I, here's, I guess, something I want to talk about, which is something it, that we've given credence to on the show because we want to open up the discussion and, and talk about it. But I think it, it's become dangerous, um, especially when I see the trend of like, you know, on our Ryan Cooper episode, we kind of defended Jimmy Dore. Um, and Jimmy Dore now is just like a full-on anti-vaxxer, like playing in alt-right talking points. A lot of the guys mm. who were like, we need to unite with the right. I think it was really about like the right was giving them YouTube views. And like so they started to more and more use their talking points. Even Crystal mm. Ball and Sagger, um, I used to love their show on The Rising. They now have breaking points. They're an independent media. Um, they act like they're like an independent outlet like we are, but they have clearly a bunch of funding from somewhere. Um, Crystal yeah, Ball she herself, forty million. Yeah, oh, she's worth forty-four million dollars. Um, yeah, and they on their new channel. I mean, I still watch it. It's good news coverage compared to the regular media, um, but I watch it less now because it's so much of the right-wing talking points more than it used to be. Kind of these leftist talking points, and there was this kind of discourse around, you know, that the Trump populist right and the populist left. We want the same things. We despise the same elites. Let's build some solidarity and unite. And, um, you know, I just – and I think at a, at a time I thought maybe that was our way out and that's kind of how we could undo this radicalization and creation of these white supremacists by bringing them to our side in solidarity. Um, so there's this video and it is Stokely Carmichael talking about – or Kwame Ture talking about um, the populist party back in the day. Hold up. I can I can pull it up to the screen share because I got yeah, it. Yeah, and then you got right. the audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, but then you'd have to edit the audio in. Want me to just play it? Nah, uh, it's it's easy. All right, it's easy. I can just grab it off a, a thing. All right, yeah. All right, all right, bet. So yeah. Go back to the history of the South in this country immediately after the Civil War. There arose at that time a party known as the Populist Party. One of the leaders of the Populist Party was a man by the name of Tom Watson, a white man from Georgia. Watson came after the Civil War to tell the Africans that the rich white man, he exploits the poor white man and the poor African. And consequently, what we need to do is to join an alliance against the rich white man. Well, you know, as Africans, we just love anything anybody. We just ran into the party. <laughs> We filled the party of the populist. We did work for the populist. We were everywhere in the populist party. After the Hayes-Tilden Compromise, when the government decided to give the South back to the slave masters, Tom Watson became a member of the Ku Klux Klan and drove us out of the populist party. What was the error? The error was that as a force, we were not independently organized, thus not even knowing our own power. We went in as individuals into the party, thus they could chase us out. Examples that will be found everywhere. The struggle of the labor movements in this country is certainly instructive. If one would look at the struggle for labor unions in this country, one would find that Africans have everywhere played a role out of proportion to their numbers. 
If you look at labor unions today, they are racist from top to bottom. What was the error? Africans came to enter the unions without being first an organized force. The 60s then come here. We were told that we had coalitions with groups I've never heard of, the labor union. We had interest with the church groups, all of them. They were all, all for our interest. <laughs> of course, the error was that some Africans thought that the interest of America was the same as the interest of us. Of course, the job of the system, the job of the enemy is to confuse you and to let you think that your interest and your history is the same as that of your oppressor. As a matter of fact, the job of the master is to convince the slave that the master is really concerned about the interests of the slave. And if the master doesn't do well, the slave will be in trouble. Any slave who believes that he has the same interests as the master will pick cotton at night. All slaves must understand that their interests are diametrically opposed to the interests of the master. Mm -hmm. Not only are they diametrically opposed, they are antagonisms to each other. What is good for the master is bad for the slave. What's bad for the master is good for the slave. Of course, we said that even the people in... Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that, there's that... a lot to break down there. I love the line about a slave who thinks his interest is aligned with the masters will pick cotton at night. Because, yeah. you know, no, even in a non-racial yeah. sense, that describes a lot of people that I know that are picking cotton mm -hmm. at night because they think that they're going to be the master one day. Um, and I, so that, I love that little bit. Now, labor unions being racist top to bottom. We just talked about Alan Diddy, who was a white union pipe fitter who warned a BLM march and ended up losing his life over it. So there mm -hmm. is solidarity between these groups. And to completely discount it, it would be, would be you know, counterfactual and ahistorical. But the point he makes about black people needing to be their own unified force mm -hmm. and organize themselves is so key. And it really made me think about BLM. And not the Black Liberation Movement, but BLM, the super PAC. BLM, the white liberal donated kind of uh, DC elite project. Um, mm. That is this false black union that isn't yeah. actually a unified force of black people. And when we don't no. have that, it gives room to all of this fake populism shit that claims to represent, like so many of the anti-vaxxers, it's so funny to me how they're like, oh, well, the vax passports are racist and the mandates are racist because black people don't want to get the vaccine. And we've talked in this podcast before about how in North Carolina they sterilized endless black people with vaccines as a eugenics project. So there's reason for black people to not trust the vaccine, sure. But it's very funny to me to see these populist people who didn't give a fuck about protesters being black bagged to protest, don't give a fuck about police killings as long as they, they, the police keep protecting private property, don't really give a fuck about any of these things, and don't nearly speak with the gravitas about those things that they speak about things like vaccine mandates and, oh, this is the slide to fascism. Like, now it's a big deal. Now it's racist. Now you're an anti-racist. It's very convenient, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and BLM in particular doesn't have teeth you know there is no yeah. real solidarity among black people that is able to be used as a force against this false solidarity that ends up working against the black interest um and populism and the people who are going for a more populist audience like glenn greenwald and jimmy Dore, and the people who used to be heroes of mine that are now using the talking points of the ruling class to an extent to kind of almost defend the status quo 
in 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 kind of service of well, we're just trying to make life better for people. You know, that's that's the idea. Yeah, and and it's gonna end up hurting hurting people really. Um, yeah. And we've talked before about do we unify with these white supremacists, this, that, and the third? Yeah, we might be able to find some common ground with them and maybe vote for the same candidate. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's true. A lot of those Patriot Front guys that were marching in D.C. probably hate the ruling class as much as I do. I could yeah. probably relate to them more about the Epstein shit than I could talk to the, a liberal about the Epstein shit who's going to dismiss it, uh, you know, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people who are open to some of the things that we talk about. But if we just fully unite with them, we lose sight of the original goal of even this podcast and the first protest movement that radicalized us, which is the liberation of black people. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think it's so instructive to, that to hear we already went through this already. We tried this and it was a failure. The people who were of the Papa's party went and joined the KKK, you know, after they were done. Yeah. No, it's it, it's a. Uh... Yeah, you you see it all over the place, even like it's like especially with like BLM and stuff like that, and you hear about the the two like leaders of BLM, the presidents getting like multi million dollar houses out of it and shit like that, and yep. you know it's like even though it's not like joining the KKK, I feel like it's in, in a way turning your back on the original cause fucking of what you were there to. The land owning fucking ruling class is pretty much yeah. joining the KKK. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, we need to organize. I think yeah. is where I'm going with this. Is like that. That is the ultimate goal. Before we even try and bring anybody else, like this disjointed left, even needs to organize. This this yeah. uh, everybody just needs to organize with each other. And if that doesn't happen, then nothing will get done. We'll just be spinning in circles and there'll be more infighting than ever. And Yep. Yep. And I think my point about, you know, once you join the landowning ruling class, it's pretty much like joining the KKK. Your interests are now going to be aligned with that of the KKK. If that's yeah. the end goal, even as a, if you're a black capitalist, you're now going to be, have way more sympathy for the talking points of, Oh, well, I don't like the rioting that hurts business owners. And Oh, I da, 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 da. like, you oh well the police do we we're, we're gonna have no police like you all of a sudden those things make more sense to you because uh-huh. the movement isn't actually built around the people who need to have solidarity to work against these ruling class interests the movement's being run with people with the same ruling class interests and and that that inherently is a fucking problem and trying to cater to these people and find common ground against the elites sure that might be useful down the road but right now the first thing that we need to do is actually build a real movement around solidarity that isn't as, like you said, disjointed um, as it currently is. Um, And that video just blew, like, was almost like, watching it was like an explosion. Because it's like, damn, we've been through all this before. Black radicals have already had the answers by going through this. It really shows where reading theory and watching these videos of people who've gone through this before is super, super instructive. Now, my advice would be don't read Angela Davis. Angela Davis herself is kind of somewhat of a sellout. Um, and white liberals love to be like, oh, well, I read Angela Davis. When you ask black radicals today about Angela Davis, they're not a huge fan of her. They're a huge fan of her early work, but a lot of the stuff that she's done recently, she herself opted more for book deals and kind of a nice bourgeois lifestyle where almost everyone that she was around back in the day opted for death in jail. Um, and so it's easy sometimes to look towards 
people like Angela Davis, people like the leaders of the BLM movement buying huge million-dollar houses because they're the people still around. They're the people who haven't been attacked and gnawed and eaten by the system. Um, Mm -hmm. And it goes into something we were even talking about on the last episode. People want to be – have a comfortable life, be successful, and so they they emulate and look towards those examples as opposed to the examples of hardship – and the examples of people like Alan Diddy who have lost their lives fighting this system. Um, when in reality, that is, that is what is just. That's what's moral. And that's what we are actually called to do. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's, – it's one of those things where, once again, you just watch and you're like, wow, we've done this before. Why the fuck are we even arguing about this? We got the answer right here, you know? Um, yeah. And I look at people like Jimmy Dore, Glenn Greenwald, Crystal Ball, these voices who – we're very much on our side at one point, but opted for more of this populist base thinking. And, you know, there's a, obviously a monetary incentive. You get to talk to more people and have a more broad audience that way. Um, and, you know, it, it but do you think to, it's cynical? Do you think it's cynical the way they're doing it? Or it's just a profit incentive more than I, I don't I like I think at, at least in the case of Glenn Greenwald and Jimmy Dore that they think they're doing the right thing. Um, yeah. Glenn Greenwald even less so I feel that about because he goes on Fox News constantly and at the very beginning of him going on Fox News I was like well at least he's going on Tucker and giving some credence to reality but now he goes on there and like kisses Tucker's fucking ass he never criticizes Fox News in the way that he constantly slams liberal media outlets and it's like he only is building points and scoring points for like this alt-right co- contingency and that kind of populism which is really sad because you know Glenn Greenwald obviously is who published the Edward Snowden leaks and um, was, is, uh, you know, no matter what he does now, will be one of the more impactful journalists of the century. But it's sad because I think even for him, you know, he has an expensive security detail and, and a big compound in, in South America and a family. And, you know, he's got interests and they aren't necessarily. You know, he's felt the brunt of the American empire when he fought against it. And it's why he doesn't live in the country anymore. Um, and I think similar to kind of an Angela Davis, although she's a much better person than Glenn Greenwald. I almost hate to compare them. But, you know, you, you get tired of fighting it so hard and you kind of give in a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, there there's a great thread um, – by a black leftist about Angela Davis. I'm going to put it on our Instagram. Um, and she just breaks down a couple of her videos and a couple of the things that um, kind of contribute to this image of her that isn't exactly this great individual um, or this someone who we should look to for answers and maybe someone who, in fact, doesn't necessarily have them. Um, yeah, which is, you know, it's rough. Um and and until we act, and and you know what occurs to me about Crystal Ball and Jimmy Dore and Glenn Greenwald, they weren't black leaders. They're white professional class people. Jimmy mm-hmm. Dore's a comedian, so he's not necessarily professional class. But dude's got a fucking HBO special. You know, he's he's you know in a nice LA house. These people at at core, their interests, whether they know it or not, is just going to be more in line with the land with the ownership class at the end of the day because they are in it. Um, and then you're going to slowly give credence to more of these things, you know? Um, and I remember there was even a time in this podcast where we were, you had even brought up Jimmy Dore's talking to this white supremacist and, you know, it looks as though 
everyone's shitting on him unfairly. Maybe we should talk to these people and try to find common ground with them. To an extent, on an individual person-to-person basis, you see someone at a protest, want to have a conversation? Sure, why not? But as an overall political project, the priority has to be actually building solidarity among black people. And then, then them as a group coming in and entering these spaces and having their own collective power together. Because la- they brought up labor unions that typically in these labor fights, you have black people fighting at, at much larger n- than their numbers are, you know, it, having a much greater impact than their numbers in these unions are. And then you look at a lot of union leadership, and it is often very white. And, and you know, and they, you have black people on the front lines fighting and, you know, and striking, which is an incredibly financially hard. Um, and so, you, yeah, and, and that's just a, a natural consequence of black people making up a lot of the working class. Um, it, it, it disproportionate to the amount of people there actually are in the United States. Um, and, yeah, it's it's so important and it's crazy to look at such an old video and realize that we still haven't done that and the attempts and the and the natural kind of coming together of people to respond to you know police murder the way that it's been co-opted by people who have these kind of more populist leanings or 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 even um influences and incentives um and yeah it's there's a reason the Black Panthers are gone, um, and there's a reason BLM exists, right? And yeah, you know, you hate to be make the trite point, but the Black Panthers have the right idea. Everyone says it all the time, but that's kind of what we need to build again: um, is that kind of solidarity, that kind of self reliance, that kind of community building that can then allow Black people to not just be ran over by these larger interests and forces and, and thrown to the wayside. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's how their interests can actually be met with, with policy that'll, that'll help set interests. Um, and because Damn. we have a lack of that kind of solidarity and, and that kind of, and I think that's how you build a better left too. You have a strong black coalition and then you have a strong rest of the left that is working in conjunction towards those goals because that black coalition has the influence to drive it in the correct way. Does that kind of make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, the black, you're, you're the, the leftist, the, the white leftist is sort of listening to the black coalition and, and doing more of what they need to yeah. do rather than pushing their own agenda as to what they think is good for black people. Yep, bingo, exactly. Um, because nobody knows what's good for black people more than ding, ding, ding black people yeah it's pretty easy actually yeah it's very easy to understand yeah um Um, so moving on from that one last thing let's just shit on the democrats a little bit um before we go here's a jen Psaki clip (laughs) where god i'm just gonna play this one right in the mic i'm not gonna make you edit this one this shit is beyond hilarious Look at what we've done over the course of time. We've quadrupled the size of our testing plan. We've cut the cost significantly over the past few months. And this effort to uh, to push uh, to ensure insurers are you're able to get your your tests uh, refunded means 150 million Americans will be able to get free tests. That's kind of complicated though. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send <laughs> one to every American? Maybe then. Then what? Ha- then what happens if you if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? All I know is that other countries seem to be making them available for 
in greater quantities for less money? Well, I think we share the same objective, which is to make them less expensive and more accessible, right? Uh, every country is going to do that differently. And I was just noting that, again, our tests go through the FDA approval process. The key thing there is her, like, jokingly saying, what, we're just going to yeah. hand them out for free? Yes! Yeah. Yes! Yes! Yeah, like, what? Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Oh, what, we're going to do something good for once? Yeah, ah, we're gonna do something for the idiot. people of America. You, you, like we're gonna help us get out of this COVID thing that we've been in for two years that we've been so you know crying out and have made entire campaign promises on that we yeah. would finish it. You know, like literally, bro. Like, yeah. and we literally went from like we're gonna cancel student debt and give checks to like what you're gonna get a COVID test for free, you fucking idiot! Mm, like, yeah. like holy shit! Literally, the way that the literally. Democrats have just hard pivoted towards the fucking right is nuts. Um, yeah, we gave you fourteen hundred plus six hundred, dude. You fucking, you want anything else? Like, damn. <laughs> you know what we can't afford though? What? We just approved a new Pentagon budget today. Or a defense bill. Here's the new defense bill. $768 billion. Yeah. Billion dollars. That is $37 billion more than the last one that they passed during the pandemic. Yeah. Fucking A. Before the pandemic, it would have only cost $80 billion to give everyone free health care. To wipe mm-hmm. all medical debt. Yeah. Student debt. Cheaper. But we yeah. got $768 billion for a defense butt bill what the fuck oh but oh how covid test well how what we're just gonna give it how much is that gonna cost oh probably less than endless fucking bombs what the fuck yeah yeah don't we have enough already i feel like we have a lot of bombs i feel feel like we're good i feel like we're good i feel Um, like if anybody fucks with us we'd be okay right now in current standing with you know like. Yeah, so here's the exact figure. It, it Prior to the pandemic, it would have cost, and now the, because of the pandemic, people are in a lot more medical debt because shit's not free. But mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic, it would have taken $81 billion to cancel all medical debt. Yet today, just on a random fucking, what even fucking day is it? Wednesday? Thursday? Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Just on a random fucking Wednesday, we added $37 billion to the Pentagon budget. That was already $778 billion. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what the fuck? Like what? Yeah. Like, and th- there's no debate about that. There's no discourse around. Oh well, how do we pay for that? No, we never fucking hear that. Yeah. Do you think that's because of like fears of attacks again? You know, like nine eleven and things like that. Like nobody questions it because you know these people are doing their thing to keep America safe. In yeah, and that's very why heavy the deep quotations. State tries so hard to just lie all the time about these threats. Like, we posted on the Inside Agitator stories the other day four articles from different decades about how Iran was two years from building a nuke. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, actually, I, I remember seeing you post yeah. that, and I was like, that's actually kind of jokes. Like, Yeah, like, <laughs> like for the since the 80s, Iran's been two years away from a nuke. <laughs> like, like, and we, need, and we need to give them more money. We, yeah. Like, yep, so please get, keep us more money. So, uh, you know, and then, and same thing with China. We build these China fears and we got Ennis Cantor mm-hmm. Freedom talking about the horrors of China so that we can justify this huge, enor- just defense contracts. That's all it is. Defense mm-hmm. contractors making money. And ever since Dick Cheney got in there, um, it's just been a fucking, they've just been fleecing us for everything we fucking got. Yeah. No, they have. And, and until it's... we build a left, 
that puts the interest of black people at the forefront and moves forward to liberate everybody who's enslaved by this system, they're going to keep crushing us with debt and building a larger and larger defense apparatus to make sure that we never change who owns us. Yeah. That's, uh, goddamn. President G, please save me. Liberate me from this hellhole. There are pedophiles running this country. You must help us. Yeah. my. <laughs> but, like, actually, <laughs> it's, it's beyond fuck. Maxwell tried to give people an update. It's going well. Mm. I actually do think that she's going to get convicted now. I mean, some of the testimonies have just been, I mean, brutal, chilling, bone chilling. There is no way the jury doesn't convict her to some degree. Has it been such a limited hangout? Yes. Have they obscured a lot of the evidence that would prove that it's a blackmail operation? Yes. Have they ruled shit inadmissible as evidence that should have been put in the public record? Yes. Is fucking James Comey's daughter running the fucking show and making sure that the feds don't get blood on their hands? Yes. Are the powerful men that molested and abused these children going to face any consequences? No. And that's why it's up to us to band together and actually get some answers and, and deliver some consequences to the ownership class that has been raping and pillaging us as a fucking human community for decades and decades and centuries. Um, and, and we know that we can do it and it feels so impossible, but we know we can do it. People have tried before and come up with the answers for how we do it better next time. And I think like that that clip we played earlier is so instructive. We got to go look to the leaders of the past and the lessons and mistakes they made and the answers that they have for us as to how we can build this coalition. And we got to keep believing that we can do it. The second we stop believing that, we're fucked. And they win. But it's more clear than ever that the Democrats voting, the traditional electoral politics system, even the judicial system, is not going to help or save us. And it is entirely up to us to, to make things happen. Um, and, and we're not going to do it as long as we keep catering to the interests of the, the land-owning ownership class. That is not like, like – which is what America is founded on is for land-owning whites. That was who the British Revolution was for, land-owning mm-hmm. whites. And until we can do away with that, do away with the imperialist mindset – and, and build something greater and stronger, we are going to all be victims of it. And that's the place where we all do have solidarity. We are all now under the boot of the system. And the way forward, and we've always said this, liberation is going to be delivered from the people who are most of the victims of the system. And who is that? Black people. That is that, and, and it's not to put all the responsibility on them. There needs to be a strong left in conjunction with the black liberation movement that is able to take on the ruling class interests. But it's in conjunction. It's not one big uh, uh, melting pot mess. We are, we are being led by people who are already organized together and, and in a way that their interests can't be overpowered by the rest of the group. And that, that's, I think, so key and part of why we've completely lost. We've, lost. we've lost the script. We've lost the goals. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where the end goals are. Um, and until we rebuild the left and the image that the leaders of the past envisioned for us in the future, we, you know, we're fucked. Yeah. 
No, you're absolutely right. So I go back and forth, and I think it's mania to an extent, on how possible I think it is. Where do you think you land nowadays? Uh, I certainly still think it's possible, but like I definitely get into really depressing moods, you know, Mm. just generally as a human, whenever you see these awful, awful things and you see people like it's not even like the big stuff even like really surprises me anymore. But like, you know, like how even how Kyle Rittenhouse was on that podcast and that podcast clip was like going out like that type of shit is just like. It's just like this man's going on a victory lap tour right now. And yeah. It's just like, and it, it just makes me so fucking sad and mad and angry. And then like that sort of makes me be like, okay, it's got to stop. You know, we got to fucking do something about this. This can happen if mm-hmm. we, you know, actually, mm-hmm. you know, follow the 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 blueprint that's somewhat been laid out before us, like you said. You know. Yeah. But you know what's occurred. But to me? then. It, but then at other times, I just feel like it's just like almost hopeless because I'm just so, you know, deep in the cog and in the wheel, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just getting ground away. I, I hear that. Yeah. You know what's occurred to me specifically about the Kyrie Rittenhouse thing? And this ties into kind of this discussion about, you know, landowning whites being the drivers of progressive policy because we don't have a unified black coalition. The liberal line, even the BLM line sometimes, on rioting is the same as the one that Kyle Rittenhouse's media handlers have given him. If you ask Kyle Rittenhouse doing his little media press tour, going on podcasts, going on Tucker Carlson, when they ask him, do you support the protests? He goes, yeah, I support BLM. I just don't support violence and property destruction. That's what he says. I just don't support the looting, you know? And it's really funny because that's basically what most white liberals will say. And yeah. the leaders of BLM to an extent. We j- no, yeah. we support peaceful protesting. How the fuck is it y'all sound like Kyle Rittenhouse? How yeah, the fuck like, is it that y- like y'all are you're closer to him <laughs> than you are to me? Yeah. Yeah, no. Even people in my own life that like I hear like that are conservative, you know, and they literally say the same shit. So like, you know, you're not any better than yeah. these people that you make fun of on Twitter. Like, like no. you know, it's pretty disgusting, actually. It's pretty fucking Cause, gross. Because who gives a fuck gross. about a goddamn target, man? Fuck it. Yeah, no. Re- <laughs> yo, a, actually, though. It's a fucking target. Like, it's merchandise. It's property. Yeah. I'm talking and, about human lives here being lost. Like, yeah, just, and it's specifically in the, in, the, in the Minneapolis Target, they mm-hmm. looted the store, brought it out to the parking lot, organized it, and were giving f- food, diapers, supplies back to the community. Yes. They were reappropriating the, the 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 goods. That is that's a good thing. There's nothing bad yeah. about that. And but of course, the people who pro- the ownership class is against yeah. that. Of course, because they want to keep proper profiting from said ownership. And mm-hmm. it's up to the laborers and the people who don't own to stand up and say fuck you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're not going to properly do that. As long as we keep trying to merge our interests with the interests of prop, pr- the ownership class, you know, it, as petite bourgeois and not actually ruling class as some of them might be, and as much as some of them might hate the elites that we also hate, our go- end goals are not the same. No, not at all. 
Not at all. Nope. Diametrically opposed. Diametrically opposed. What is good for the master is bad for the slave. What is bad for the master is good for the slave. The fucking end. And I just think that is beyond instructive. And it's sad to me that we've had people in the past who have figured out these answers and then we lose them. We're losing recipes. Yeah. No, we need to get the cookbook back together. We're losing recipes. And, like, mm. literally, like, that's, that's what's happening. Like, that, like, until we get back to the lessons that we've already learned as a movement and build a new one with that in mind, we're, we're, we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And my criticism of the protest movement is that we have, we're directionless. We don't know, like, we don't even know what our demands are anymore. You know, we have, it, it's defund the police, which is great, and I agree with. But, like, they're not, they're not, they're not going to do that. And they're going to keep using our protests to justify bigger police budgets. So we have to be inventive. We have to think of something different. And to an extent now, I, I think I'm more in line with Ryan Cooper on our Force to Vote episode where he's talking about it's all about union power and labor power and, and building that. I really do think Starbucks just had a huge victory. They unionized the first Starbucks in the United States. Um, huge, huge union battle. Um, and, and I think that is – that's where we're going to find power again. Um, and we need to – and, and build a left that actually has teeth. And then if we can build a left that has teeth and a black coalition that has teeth and we could work together against our common enemies, be not running – not merging the interests, not letting one group's interests overpower the others, but remaking society – to be non-imperialist, not about ownership, not about exploitation, we then can do things like respond to COVID in an appropriate way. We can build a society that actually works for people, not just for profit. Um, and specifically on the COVID thing, we're not fucking incentivized to end COVID. The ruling class has figured out a way to profit more than ever and to buy up all the land that people are losing and buy up all the property. And... It's working for the ruling class, this COVID shit. There's no incentive to give the third world vaccines and prevent new variants. Shit, there's more incentive to create new variants. And that's yeah. the real conspiracy. It's just capitalism, baby. All these QAnon nuts and anti-vaxxers. That, there ain't no complicated conspiracy. It's just money. It's just money. But facts. But actually, mm-hmm. it's... Uh... And and until we actually take on the ownership class and stop trying to be a part of it, we're fucked. We are fucked. And and we're not going to be able to respond to things like COVID. And as society gets worse, as ecological disaster comes, as climate refugees become a thing, we are not going to be able to help and respond to these crises. We're going to let people die like we did in COVID. And and that's why it's so it's so funny. It felt so urgent when Bernie was running in 2016 like now was the time. This is our last shot before things get bad to really remake a society that can help us through these crises. We didn't see COVID on the horizon, but we knew the urgency. And I sometimes think if we were able to build these victories, if we did have a left back then, if we didn't have a corrupt primary, if we didn't have a party that worked so against change, if we didn't have a, this, so, this non-democracy, would we have been in a place to actually respond to COVID well? And there was this idea among liberals like, oh, well, it's Bernie bro's fault COVID was so bad because Trump was in there and it could have been Hillary. I'm looking at the Democrats' response to COVID right now. I don't fucking know what Hillary would have done much differently than Donald Trump. Yeah. Nah, but like, yeah. It really doesn't feel like any of them care. No. 
at all about anything as long as they're okay and their ruling class buddies are okay. Yep. And they're better than ever. Because they have they have more solidarity than we have. Big right time. Now for sure. Yeah. Right. People are in false class solidarity with the ruling class. That's what I mean by ownership class. People get their mm. one little fucking mortgaged ass house and all of a sudden they feel in solidarity with the people that own half the fucking farmland in the West. You get what I'm saying? Mm. All of a sudden yeah. they're in this false class solidarity. Like and I, think, I am I'm just like you, twin. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you calling Bill Gates your twin, twinzo? Yeah. Fuck no. This you just is... you just have rent control. That's about it. Yeah, uh, you know. bro. Literally, and, you own and... it, but it's rented. <laughs> well, so I, and that's what's even crazy to me is like, there's people who aren't even of the landowning class who are in false solidarity with the ruling class. And it comes from being aspirational. It comes from feeling like you'll be there one day. It's that Mark Twain quote that, you know, America works because everyone thinks that they're a temporarily embarrassed billionaire. You know? Yeah. No, it's, a, it's just the narratives that is, uh, are promoted. And that's, I think, what's so important about having a black coalition is because there's less of that. People, like, black people understand that there is inherently are going to be kept out of those rooms. That to an extent, they will never be a part of that class. And so that there's, not, there's not this false solidarity. And I think the biggest danger to building that black coalition is black capitalism and kind of this, like, elitist, like, you know, kind of version of black solidarity that's all about, like, support black business and start black business and build generational wealth and this, that, and the third. Which the end goal of that is you're just make you're just gonna become one of those people who has false class class solidarity with the billionaire class, and that shit's that shit's mad dangerous. No, it is. It really is. It's bad. It's fucking no. But do you want to leave it there? Yeah, I feel like we're both getting tired here. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm kind of losing steam pretty fast. I had a long day, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I hear that. I, I didn't have a whole lot of steam to begin with, but I'm glad that we got we got this app out. Um, I think we talked about some important shit. Um, yeah, it's a good place to leave it. Anything you want to go back over? I feel like we, we jumped across a lot of terrain. Um, yeah, we did. We did kind of move topic to topic there for a little bit, but... You know, I think the overarching point still remains, and I think it's important to organize, and that's it. Yeah. Yep. So. Fucking A. Get organized. Solidarity forever. No cap. All right. We'll talk All right, to you guys, guys later. See you.